Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Won't you lift your hands and give him praise? Hallelujah. Glory to your name, oh God. God, we thank you. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Bless you, Lord God. Hallelujah. You're great, oh God. You're great. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I thank you all the stuff for officiating this morning for me. First, giving God the highest praise. And the highest praise to God is being obedient to what he has to say. It's not hallelujah. It's being obedient. What father wouldn't be proud of a child that's obedient? Obedience, amen, is the highest praise any father could get. And then I want to thank Bishop Jackson in his absence and Lady Jackson. I thank him for this opportunity. Although he's not in the building, he's still teaching and preaching and garnering souls for the kingdom. He's expanding the kingdom with his words with the words that never die amen to all the elders ministers and to whom honor is due father in the name of jesus we just give you praise and we give you glory we thank you for this great day god this is the day we've never seen before and we'll never see this day again so we thank you for it father We'll magnify, extol, and exalt you in this day. God, we give you praise and we give you glory. We'll, we thank you, Father. We thank you for the opportunity to stand before your people. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that our hearts are burning for your word. God, we give you praise and we give you glory. You alone are to be glorified. God, we praise you and we thank you for everything. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Yes. 
If you have your Bibles, you may turn to 2 Chronicles 7 to 14. And I'm reading from King James. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. I thank God for this word. In this scripture, you find Solomon being an intercessor. He says, now, uh, if, if they've been captive, uh, brought into captivity, uh, if they turn this way and pray towards this house, will you hear them? If you, and he interceded, he kept interceding, he kept saying, if the stranger turns this way, will you hear him? And he kept interceding and interceding. And, and you know, it reminds me of, of Abraham as he did for Lot. You know, it's just, it's a carry out. You carry on, you know, it's, just a, it's in their DNA, I say. Uh, that he interceded for the people. And as he interceded, you know, then the Lord, he's, okay, look. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and forgive their sins, and heal their land. We first must have kinship. I'm just gonna, I have five points, number of grace, to give you this morning. The first point is kinship, being related. You know, that's, that, uh, you hear uh, people say, well, you know, that's my bro. Uh, you know, uh, that's my cuz, right. you know, stuff like that. <laughs> but you know what? Kinship is important in, in, in God's kingdom. Kinship. And he said, my people that I brought out of Egypt, my people that I fed in the desert, my people whose feet didn't swell, my people whose clothes didn't get tarnished and torn up, my people. My people that I hid, healed when the snakes were after them. You know, my people. My people are having possession. Those are the people that he had made covenant with while they, were in, while they were in Egypt and brought them out of Egypt, out of bondage, into a free land. Ephesians 1 and 4 says, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. What children need to do is copy their father. As being kin to him, we need to be what he called, what we read right here, is to be holy. He said, be holy for I am holy. So we want to copy our father. As long as we live and breathe and we are kin to him, we need to copy him. We need to act out what he said. We need to uh, obey him and watch, watch him and do what he's doing and operate like him. Amen? Amen. Then the next word, the next point is submit. Oh, oh boy. I hear you. Oh my God. That is I a word you. that we don't want to hear. I don't want to submit. Even in the wedding vows, they mean submit. Oh no. Right. You know. But you know, nevertheless, always the more submission is very, very, very important. This is, you know. We have an example of submission. Uh, Luke 22 and 42 says, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, 
Always the more. That means that always the more includes me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He put everything that he had on the back burner and did what the Father wanted him to do. He said, okay, 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 that's what I'm going to do. You know, we get chores, you know, we have chores that we uh, have to do or things we have to do, like when we were children. You know, you got to do this or you got to do that. If you, we didn't want to do it, we did everything but that. But we had to submit to what we had been told to do. Or else there was a consequence. Now, submission is very important. He, he said, you know, be ye holy as I am holy. He said, you know, honor your father and your mother that you may have long life. You know, I mean, all of these things are important. Submission is important. Then it says, uh, James 4 and 7 says, uh, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. When you're submitted to the Father, he gives you inroads. He shows you how to get around situations and circumstances that won't trap you or entrap you or that won't pull you out of his presence. When you listen to what he says, when you submit, you, you, you got to submit. Not only do you submit physically, but you got to submit your heart. That's where submission starts. It's in the heart. If there's, if there's not submission in the heart to obey and to do God's word or to do his will, then we'll always be entrapped. We'll always be picked on by the enemy. We'll always fall into traps because we're not in submission to hear what he has to say. Now, I need you to take uh, Route 49 and, and, and avoid the other Route 5, well, 555 or whatever it is out there. It's, I need you to avoid that route. I need you to go this way. And in turn, when you go the way he's asked you to go or told you to go, you're saved. He, he never has ever asked us to do anything that we're not capable of doing. I think the word of God says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So that means all is an inclusive word. That means there's nothing that I can't do if he says I can do it. He said I could do all things. So I'm asking for his strength to do all things. So when I'm doing all things according to his word, I'm walking in the blessings of the Lord. It's in my, not only is it in my head, but it's in my heart to submit. He has a, he's already got the plan. The, the plan was laid out long before, I, I, long before the foundation of the world. Long before my mother met my father, long before that, he knew what he wanted me to do. He knew where he wanted me to go. He knew who he wanted me to meet. He already knew. He already knew this Sunday was coming. He already knew that there's nothing that surprises him. I might take us back a little bit, but now I mean, you know, there's nothing that surprises him. I, I, was, I think I told somebody last time I, I ministered, I said, yeah, I said, uh, you know, preachers always have a little word stuck back in a notebook somewhere. <laughs> you know, if, you, if you're really a preacher, if you really minister, you know, you have a little note stuck, a, a little note that you can preach off of, right. that you don't ever be caught unaware right. or unable to minister to God's people. It's, I think to me it's so awesome that God saved me. That's awesome. I was a wretch. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you now that he saved me and then turned around and saved you so we could be here together. Amen. He saved me for you and you for me. 
I think I hear the word saying that every joint supplieth. So what's in you is for me. What's in me is for you. If, I, if you have something in you that I need, I need you to give it to me. Because I know, with you knowing God, I know it's not going to be crazy. You know, I know you're not going to tell me, go over to the cartoon, jump in. I know you're not going to tell me that. Or hit, hit Boyd's Bridge and jump in. No, 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 no. You're going to always tell me what the word says. You're going to give me what the word says. And when you leave me, I'm going to be replenished, restored, and renewed because you're not going to give me no junk. You're not going to give me McDonald's when you can give me the steakhouse, right? Amen. God is good. <laughs> submit. Submission. It's always appropriate to submit. You know, I say, uh, you know, when I was younger, um, they uh, allowed parents to chastise their children. <laughs> and if we did not submit, we were chastised. I can remember when I moved to Ohio, my son met a friend. His name was Brandon. And he lived right down the street. And I'm, I'm heavy-handed with chastisement. I just ask Adrian. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, he went to play, and he came back home running and skipping and jumping and excited. And he says to me, he says, Mom, he says, you can't beat me anymore. And I said, what? <laughs> I, I said, I said what, what do you mean? He said, well, I can, I can call the police on you. I said, oh, that's wonderful. I said, you can do that. Yeah. I said, now, when, you, when they come to pick me up, you make sure that you go with them too. And everything that I bought you from the day you were born until this day, leave it in my house. Take everything that you bought with you. He said, uh, uh, I, I, I didn't buy it. I said, right. I said, you go with them the way you came, with, came to me, naked with nothing. Submission is important. I said, okay. So I let that slide, but I mean, if I have a word for you, if I'm telling you to do something, I'm gonna keep you safe. Don't question it. I, if anybody here has ever been in service or in the Army or in the Navy, Marines or whatever, when a person in authority tells you, move to the left, you move. Because they're getting paid to save your life. If they tell you move to the right, you better move to the right. Submission is important. I think that's one of the reasons they, they take you away from your family for so long and you can't communicate with anybody. They indoctrinate you. And that's how it is with the word of God. We're indoctrinated with the word of God and submitted to his word. And when we're submitted to his word, we're always kept in safety wherever we go. There's nowhere that we go that we're not safe. Safe. The next point is prayer. Prayer is a conversation where we talk to God. I didn't say ask. I just said talk. And in, in turn, he talks to us when we pray. I learned early that I don't have to say much. <laughs> he knows my heart. When I talk to him, I have an expectation to hear what he has to say to me 
if I don't hear it while I'm in that time, eventually the answer will come. I'm not going to conference with my pastor every time I have a question. I'm going to ask my father who created me. He has the answer. And not only that, but he gives the answer to whom I will listen to on this earth. There have been times when Pastor, Pastor Jackson or Bishop Jackson has answered questions that I've had. I said, oh, okay, well, oh, I got it now. I'll, I'll ask the Father and I'll come here on Sunday and immediately I'll get the answer. He has somebody to give us the answer. If we don't hear it from him directly, we get to hear it. Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice evermore. Now, why you say rejoice in prayer? Okay? The reason you rejoice is because you know your father going to answer you. You know? It says, pray without ceasing. Every time you get a chance, pray. Every time you think about how good he's been to you, every time you take a step, and every time you look at your little children, every time you look at your parents, every time you look, take a look around and see how God has prospered you, you pray, God, I thank you. He said, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So in everything give thanks. I mean, you know, more times than none, when I start to pray, I, the first thing I say is, Father, I thank you. And I've been asked, well, why do you say, Father, I thank you? I said, the reason I say, Father, I thank you, because I'm getting ready to tell him what his word says about me. And he cannot lie, so he brings his word to pass in my life. So that's why I tell him thank you. That's why I rejoice. Father, I thank you because I know when I, finish my, when I finish this prayer, I know I'm saying to you what your word says to me. And you hasten your word to perform it. There's not a time when you don't get, get, go, get over there and take care of Pearly. He hastens his word to perform it. And the next thing you know, it's performing in my life. And I'm thinking, oh, God, I thank you. Because your word has come to pass in my life. Thank you. Thank you, God. Seek. Oh, boy. How many of you remember the woman who lost the coin? <laughs> well, she cleaned that house and slipped that house under that bed, look around the corner. She was everywhere. Turning on, not turning on lights, but lighting candles. <laughs> lighting up her house so she could find that coin. When she found it, what did she do? She rejoiced. She rejoiced because she found that, that coin. That coin. Amen. So in her rejoicing, in her seeking, and she finds, she celebrates her find. Not only does she celebrate herself, but she celebrates with everyone. Look, look, I found it. Look, I found my coin. When we seek, he always shows up. Psalms 105 and 4 says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face, seek his face evermore. First Chronicles 16 and 11 says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. So that's not just once a week. That's not just twice a week. That's all the time. Before you make a decision, seek the Lord. 
before you decide to uh, make a big purchase, seek the Lord. Before you do anything, seek the Lord. Lord, is, is this your will for my life? Is this what you want me to do? Am I going where you want me to go? Am I saying what you want me to say? Am I acting the way you want me to act? I look and I take inventory. And that's a must for a saint. We have to take inventory as we seek his face in our daily lives. We have to take him. Okay, where did I get to today? Where am I today in this? What do I need to know next? How do I need to move next? What where do you want me to go next? What do you need me to what do you need me to say? What's next? Seeking his face in every situation and circumstance. Let me just say. It's easy to do that because there's nowhere that God is not. <laughs> there is nowhere that God is not. That's why Paul could so confidently say. In him, I live and move and have my being. Because there's nowhere that God is not. Nowhere. He's everywhere. That's why it would be easy to seek. To seek. The last one, the last point is five. And it says, turn. I'm going this way, and when I repent, I turn and go this way. That's repent. Turn. Repent ye therefore, and be converted. This is Acts 3 and 19. And be converted that your sins may be, forgiven, may be, may be blotted out. And when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. So when you turn from what you're doing... There's a place of refreshing. There's a place you get to that you refresh from all the foolishness that you've had to go through. From all the crazy stuff that you've committed. Sins. Disobedience. There's a time when we turn, when we repent. And, and get to that place of refreshing. And in his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand's pleasures evermore. So when we, we turn and we get into his presence, into that place of re refreshing, we come out and we have a different attitude, a different mindset, a different heart set, a different way of saying and doing what we need to do in the kingdom. It's all about that time of refreshing, but it's all about repenting. I shared with you just now five points. Five. Is a number of grace. And I have two more points. And it's six. Number six. It says, after you've done all five of these things, after you've operated under God's grace, after you've turned, after you've sought him, after you've prayed, after, after you've recognized his kinship, after you've submitted, after all of these things, this is what he says. As you have operated under grace, he says, I will hear. I will forgive. I will heal. 
plain and simple. I will hear. There was a song that they used to sing years ago when I was a little girl. Incline thine ear to us and grant us your peace. When he inclines his ear to us, that means he's not paying attention to Joe Blow over. He's, he's inclining his ear to us. Fathers want to hear what their children have to say. I will hear. All you have to do is call. I, I'll hear you. I, I'll hear you. Call, my, call me. I, I'll hear you. I'll manifest the word in your life. I'll that word that you say. I will manifest that word in your life. I will hear. And to top it all off, he's not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. When he says, I will hear, and once he hears and you've asked God to forgive you, he says, I will forgive. There's no big sin, little sin, small sin, ugly sin, black sin, red sin, green sin. There's just one thing, sin. Sin. Sin is sin. There's no degree. Sin is sin. He said, I will forgive no matter what you've done. No matter if you're in captivity, no matter if you turned your back, I will forgive. I'm obligated to you because we're kin. I'm obligated to you because you've asked. I'm obligated to you because you sought my face. I will hear. I will hear. I will hear. He didn't say I might. He didn't say I'll think about it. You know, when, when we were getting ready to make a decision, especially when I was, I, I was raising my children, yeah, I said, well, I'll, I have to think about it. Let me think about it. And I was chastised at one time. I mean, why don't you just say yes? I said, well, no. I said, if I can't do it, that means I've lied to my child. God cannot lie. When he said, I will, that's a settled issue. He will. Then he says, I will forgive. I will forgive. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how you are. You ask me, I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you. There is nothing that our children can do that we won't forgive them at some point in time. We will forgive them. And our father is no, is our father any different from that? No, he is not. Are we better than him? No, we are not. So we practice what he does. We forgive as he forgives. When he forgives, okay, we're going to practice what he does. This, after all, he's our father, so we mock our father. The Bible says mock the perfect man. Who's any more perfect than our father? None. Then he says, I will heal. There is not a disease Sin sickness is a disease in the spirit, but he will heal. He said, I will heal. When the heavens have locked up in no rain and, and the ground is dust, he said, I'll, I'll heal the land. I'll heal. I will heal. So you can prosper. I'll heal your bank account. I'll heal you. 
I'll heal your family. I will heal. I will heal. He didn't specify what he would heal. He said, I will heal. Period. If it's sick, if it's lacking, he will heal. In healing, (laughs) in prosperity, is healing, health, and wholeness. Nothing missing and nothing broken. So when you, when when God says he will heal, he said, I'm going to prosper you. Because that's in healing. That's in prosperity. Nothing missing and nothing broken. In the New Testament, he shows it all in John 14, 14. He says, if, if you'll ask anything in my name, I will do it. There is nothing that he won't do when you ask it in his name. Give him his word. Say, Father, this is what your word says about me. And I thank you that you bring it to pass in Jesus' name. If you ask anything, I will do it. For with God, nothing is impossible. I was sharing with uh, one of my family members this week. They had misplaced something. And I said, Holy Ghost knows where every misplaced, lost, and undiscoverable thing is. He knows. So when you say, Holy Ghost, I thank you that you lead me according to the word of God. You lead and guide me to where that thing is. He's got a good reputation with me on that. Because you just seem like you just turn around and say, oh, there it is. Amen. Amen. I, we were on our way to uh, the Bahamas on a cruise. And one of my friends lost her ticket. She had, the uh, UPS man had brought him out. And she had put it away. But she forgot where she put it. You know, when you go to sleep, you know, it happens. You know, you forget things. <laughs> so she said, oh, Sister Pearl, I, I, I can't buy my ticket. I said, well, just, just relax. I said, it's the Holy Ghost's job. I said, let's pray. Holy Ghost, you know where every lost and hidden and undisclosed thing is. And we thank you, according to the word of God, that you lead us and guide us to where those tickets are in Jesus' name. It wasn't even 15 minutes later that she came. She, she called me back. She says, I found my tickets. I said, well, they were on the mantle. <laughs> but normally, you know, when you're putting things up, you know, you normally put it on the mantle, you know, if you, know, you want to keep it up out of the way. But yeah, she, I said, well, where were they? She said, they were on the mantle. I said, okay. But, but that's just an example of who he is. And that, that's a... It seemed like it might have been a minor thing, but to him it was a big thing. I want to fix up my resume with him. I, I got a resume to fix up with. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. He, he, wants, he wants to add this. You add this to my resume that I will do this. He said, just add this on. That you, this is how you know me. I know him. He, he will find you. I, I know he, if you look, he will find. I'm telling you, I use that prayer more than you know. You know when you get past 25, you kind of, some things you don't remember. <laughs> so, 
Holy Ghost, you know where every lost thing is. Everything that's hidden, everything that's undisclosed, you know where it is. And, 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 and look, he lives inside of us, so he leads us and guides us to wherever it is the thing is. Amen? Amen. So we have, we have, and I want to go back to this in a little bit. When he is allowed to do his job, we're always the better. Always the better. There is nothing. I, I hear the word of the Lord say, no good thing will I withhold from them that walk upright. Is that, is that, did he write that? Is that in the book? Okay, all right. All right, I just want to make sure because, you know, yeah, we got to make sure that, that that's in the book. No good thing. So, Father, your word says, no good thing will you withhold from me because I walk upright. And that's a promise. You know, if, if we look at this word, there's so many great and precious promises in this book. And, and it was designed for us. It's a roadmap. And, and we don't have to worry about how to get from point A to point B in our spiritual walk. We don't, if we go to the book, go, go to the roadmap. What does the roadmap say? What does it say about this situation? There's not one situation that we are in or can get into that's not in this book. I was talking to Adrian last night, and I said, we were talking about faith and some of the things that are in the Old Testament that really stood out to me. And I've used them, those examples, in my prayers for people. But there was a lady in our church who had an aneurysm, and the doctors were speaking very negatively about her recovery. And her mom was in a panic. And I remember the story of the prophet Elijah. And how he prophesied this woman to have a baby. And the and, and, and baby was out in the field with the dad one day. And it had probably a sunstroke. Because it was hot. I guess it was hot. in the field. So she took the baby, laid him upstairs in the prophet's chamber on his bed. And went to see him. And he says, it's all well with the husband? All is well. It's all well with the child? She says, all is well. That wasn't her flesh talking. That was her spirit talking. That was her faith in God talking. And Elijah says, eh, something's hidden from me. Let me go see about this. So he went. When he went and ministered to the baby. He came back alive. So I said to this mother, I said, this is what we're going to say. Every time the doctor gives you a report, this is what you say. All is well. It doesn't matter what it looks like because I think the word of God says we walk by faith and not by sight. Then will I hear from heaven. Every time I pray the word, then will I hear from heaven. When I line up with all the things that he's asked me to do, he's asked me to remember my kinship. To submit. Yeah. 
to pray, to seek, and to turn from my wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. There's nothing that he will withhold from me. Nothing. He's a good father. He's a good father. You know, good fathers don't withhold good things from their children. It, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's good for you, and if it's kingdom building material that I'm giving to you, I'm not going to withhold that. If it's to make you, it'll help you walk upright and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's another, that's another sermon. I'm not going to preach it today. <laughs> I'm not going to withhold those things from you. That's good for you. I'm going to always make sure that you have precisely, exactly what you need. No more, no less. After all he said, I will supply all you need. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Not by Chrysler. Not by Ford, not by Atrium, but not, you know, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I think the word says that uh, cattle on a thousand hills is his, the gold is his, the silver is his. Well, if all that belongs to our father, then it belongs to us as well. We are his children. Amen. When John says, If you will ask anything, and this is Jesus speaking. These are red letter words. Right. Red letter words is what Jesus is saying, okay? These red letter words says, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Jesus said. So if there's anything that you need and you ask in his name, expect the manifestation. Amen? Amen? Then will I hear from heaven. I used to wonder about that. I said, now what does he mean by then will I hear from heaven? It really has two meanings. As he's sitting in his position in heavenly places, so are we. Then he was talking about, I'm here, you are there. And I'll hear you from where I am. But now we have a great position. The best position that we could ever have. We're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And if we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, all we have to do is say, Father. <laughs> we don't pray up. We pray to the side. We don't pray up. We pray down. We, we present the word to the earth realm. We speak into the earth realm what we want to hear. We decree into the earth realm what we want to see, what we want to do. Because from, from our position in heavenly places, that's our, hey, look, we get it done. From our position. And then not only that, while we're seated there, the Bible says he ever lives to make intercession for us. As long as he is, he'll always be our advocate. As long as he is, he'll always answer. When you tell him what his word says, he'll always. There's not a time that he won't answer. 
It might not be as soon as you'd like, but you always get the answer. I don't know how many of you have asked your parents, well, can I do so-and-so-and-so? Let me think about it. And when the day comes and you're so anxious and you, you got everything laid out on the bed and, you, and you're ready to go and, and, and you just, oh, what is she going to say? What is he going to say? And then they come and say, okay, you can go. Man, you cut flips and get them clothes on so fast and out the door. But we're, we're, we're waiting patiently for the answer because we know it's going to come. You know, we ask our father. And fathers give good things to their children. Amen. Amen. Then will I hear from heaven. Two meanings. In the Old Testament, he was listening. In the New Testament, he said, okay, I hear you. You're sitting right here beside me. Don't yell. I hear you. You know? Because of our seating. If we could always keep in mind what our seating, what our position is. Will always be successful. Remembering who we are. Bad attitudes, you can't have that in heavenly places. Mm. Walking out of love with people, we don't do that in heavenly places. Amen. Then will I hear from heaven. Then I will hear, I will forgive, and I will heal. If you'll ask anything in my name, I will do it. If there's anyone here this morning that would like to be a part of the kingdom and a part of the benefits of being a child of God, having him as a good parent, there's a song that says, he's a good, good father, a good, good father. Not just a good father, but a good, good father. If there's anyone here this morning that would like to become a part of the kingdom of God, become a part of God's family, so that when we walk out and we say to anybody, my, my father said, we'll be on solid rock, on solid ground. All you have to do is say, God, I'm a sinner. Save me. I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe he hung on the cross and suffered pain and disgrace just for me. Just for me. If I'd have been the only one just for me. That's how personal the relationship between you and the Father would be. Just for me. Just for me. I want you to come into my life and save me. Forgive me. I repent. I turn from where I'm going to where you choose for me to go. And I ask it in Jesus' name. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. 
or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.